Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael teaching in Philippians 1, 7-11, called Discerning What is Best. We are in the book of Philippians tonight. Study number two, chapter one, verses seven through 11, discerning what is best, discerning what is best, Philippians one. Now, what we have is we have an introductory paragraph in the original language. Chapter uh, one, verses three through 11 are one long paragraph called a Thanksgiving paragraph. So it's worth uh, our reading as one uh, block of uh, inspired text here. So why don't we do this? Let's stand, if you're able to stand with us for the reading of 3 through 11 in Philippians 1. It reads this way. It says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness, verse 8, how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much for the precious church family gathered here in this place gathered in many Wednesday night services across the Inland Empire and across the globe and around the world. We do want to lift up our Ukrainian brothers and sisters tonight in the Lord, uh, those who are Russian as well, Lord. We just want to pray that that situation would calm down and that you would stop it, that you'd have mercy, Lord, and intervene. And we're just asking that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Tonight, we've come to hear from you, Lord. So help me to get out of your way. Let it be Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Let us say like Paul, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and through me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Thank you, Lord, for that. This is a wonderful family of believers. It's so precious to be together on these Wednesday nights. We don't want to take one moment for granted We lay the time at your feet. May it be productive according to your glory and what you want to occur. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Discerning what is best. I'm sure you all have questions about God's will. Do you not? (laughs) Right? In a lot of different categories of life, we face seasons of life where it could be about you know, a lot of different things. It could be about relationships. It could be about a job. It could be about a lot of different things. It could be about a calling. Where do you feel called in ministry? How do you discern between what is good, better, and best? 
Well, we're going to share tonight in a section that's going to deal with some of those things. And there are going to be two mentions in the opening paragraph about the day of Christ. In verse 6, you'll notice that I am confident of this very thing. This is the verse we uh, left with last week. That he who began a good work in you, and it's a good work that he started, he will perfect it or complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. If you've wondered about that uh, phrase, that is the second coming of Jesus Christ. In verse 10, notice he says, in order that you may be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Two mentions of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ which tells us that we are to live in light of his coming, whether or not that is his arrival in our lifetime, which could happen, or whether it's us going to be with him. Paul didn't know the timing of that, but he certainly lived against the backdrop of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And until that day comes, we are to do our best and discern between what is good, better, and best. And that's where we're going to go tonight. If you've been wondering in your own personal life between how do I discern what's good, what's better, and what's best? What is the best route for my life? The best uh, way to spend the years that are ahead of me or whatever season of life you find or whatever you know wrap around the track you're on, whether it's the 10th lap or the 20th or whatever, wherever you find yourself. So Paul's going to get to that, and he's talking to uh, some of his early converts in Europe. In fact, Lydia was his first convert in Europe. We read the backdrop of the Philippian church in Acts 16. We read about Lydia down by the riverside, <laughs> just a city right over here, that place of prayer. You remember that? And then we saw the servant girl who was demonically possessed, and she was delivered. And then we read about the Philippian jailer. Famously, who said, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. We watch him clean the wounds of, the, uh, of Paul and Silas as uh, he has repented of his sin and his whole house gets baptized. And we begin to see, and we talked about a little bit about the faces in the Philippian congregation and how there was a really tight bond between Paul and these folks and how they had supported him in the gospel ministry. The gospel is going to come up multiple times. In fact, uh, I read a commentator this week that was saying that the gospel uh, per line is repeated more times in Philippians than any other New Testament book. So it's certainly a gospel-focused book. And you're going to find a lot of application for your life tonight, and you're going to see some of the most, uh, I would say, Uh, sincere, deepest emotional language that maybe you're ever going to see from Paul in terms of his love for a group of people. And I'll tell you this, I began teaching Bible studies in 1992. I've been on multiple mission trips. I've had the privilege of preaching the gospel in many different places, many different situations. I've had the privilege of praying with people the first time that they opened their heart to Christ. I've prayed with people the first time they ever heard the name of Jesus on the mission field, literally being the first person to ever say Jesus to someone else and explain the gospel. They had never heard it before. That, that is amazing to see people come to the Lord in all kinds of contexts. And it's been a great privilege. And for me, it's been 30 years of amazing ministry and thinking about faces. And, and for anybody who's done any time in ministry, it does come down to individuals. It does come down to 
you know, remembering people that you led to the Lord or you discipled or you encouraged or they encouraged you or your faith was refreshing to one another. That's the church. This, there is a beautiful uh, fellowship that we share that's like nothing else that this world will ever know. And there's some language in here that talks about us being partakers of grace. Look at the end of verse 7. You are all partakers of grace with me, says Paul. Paul's not talking about giving them grace. He gave them the gospel. He's simply saying that we all partake of a common grace together that comes from God. See the word partaker there? It's, it's a word sukoinanas. And it's a, an extended form of the word for fellowship. And reading one writer this week, he said that you could say it this way. We are all fellowshippers in grace. Or every time we gather, we bathe in the grace of God together. And how is that? Well, we're all saved by grace, but we also, when we open the word, when we open our hearts in worship, when we gather as a body, we are sharing the grace of God together. And it is like nothing else that you can ever know this side of heaven. Amen? Have you experienced it? It's the beauty of hearing your voices. It's the beauty of knowing your stories. It's the beauty of the diversity in the body of Christ. We all come from different places, but we all have arrived at the feet of the same Savior, the same King, the same goals. And that's beautiful. And that's really what makes us who we are. And so Paul has some really deep emotion and feelings towards this church. And before we get into his prayer for them, he says in verse 7, it's only right, it's only natural for me to feel or think, New King James, this way about you all, because I have you in my heart. In uh, the year 2000, I had the privilege of going into full-time ministry coming out of corporate America. And I had been ordained as a pastor and I worked in, in the corporate world for five years pastoring a church and then ultimately becoming the senior pastor of this church. And this is my, oh, I'm, I'm going on almost 25 years of being the senior pastor of this church. And it's moved around. And I did start when I was 12. I, I keep telling you guys that. I started when I was 12, just so you, in case you were wondering. But anyway, but I will tell you over a quarter of a century, uh, the people of God are literally in my heart. You are in my heart. Um, So I'll try not to cry. (laughs) But I will just say that there is a tender affection. And there's a lot of personal stories represented here. I've had the chance to marry some of you and do your wedding. I've stood with you as we've, you know, lowered the body of a loved one into the ground. There's been baptisms and precious times of worship and communion and you know, uh, sometimes watching people go through crises and walking with them through the ups and downs of this life and, you know, some of the things that happen that seem so unfair. Ministry has such a beautiful uh, aspect to it. And Paul says that it's only natural that I would feel this way about you because for Paul, you know, when he wrote to this church, he was thinking about faces that he had personally led to Jesus And then had a chance to plant a church and disciple for a little while. And uh, now they were supporting him. After he had led them to Christ, they were supporting him. Look at verse uh, 7 in the middle, both in his imprisonment. 
This is his first Roman imprisonment, kind of a house arrest. But Rome, he was chained to Roman guards that would switch every four hours. So he wasn't in a comfortable spot, even though it was a house arrest. He said, uh, you're, you're in my heart since both in my imprisonment and in the defense. That's the word apologia or apologia, where we get apologetics and confirmation of the gospel. You all are partakers of grace with me. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Now, they were supporting him after he had led them to Christ. They were supporting him, look at verse uh, 7 in the middle, both in his imprisonment. This is his first Roman imprisonment, kind of a house arrest. But he was chained to Roman guards that would switch every four hours. So he wasn't in a comfortable spot, even though it was a house arrest. He said, uh, you're you're in my heart since both in my imprisonment and in the defense. That's the word apologia or apologia, where we get apologetics and confirmation of the gospel. You all are partakers of grace with me. Now, you can kind of see the trajectory of the text that Paul's not just talking about the common grace that we share as believers. He's talking about the grace we experience when we do ministry. So this is a further aspect of the beauty of having them in his heart is Paul knew that they were standing with him in his imprisonment, that they were praying for him. They were, they were financially supporting him as we saw as we looked ahead into chapter four last week. But they were also sharing the gospel with people around them and the church was growing And so Paul saw God's grace sprinkled or poured out on the common cause of the gospel as well. So our identity is a sharing or fellowshipping in grace, but we also proclaim grace to others. Amen. And we try to get them to receive Jesus and to have the hope of eternal life and to become partakers with us in the grace of God. And so Paul is talking about their partnership in verse 7 in both his imprisonment and their support and in the defense, and this is where we get the word apologetics. I hope you're going to come to that apologetics uh, conference and confirmation of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, perfect life, sacrificial death, triumphant resurrection and ascension back 
into heaven. They were partners with Paul. And so for all of us, we could, we, we could say we've been touched by people. We've been able to extend the hand of grace. We've partnered in the work of ministry. Some of you go out and evangelize together. Some of you may strategically pray for one another in your jobs or your neighborhoods. You partner in the gospel, and that's a really precious thing. Amen? You're all partakers of grace with me. In Ephesians 1, 5 through 9, Paul wrote, God predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. We're going to get to some of those ideas in a moment. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to the kind intention which he purposed in him. Ephesians 1, 5 through 9. And when Paul talks about the defense and confirmation of the gospel, just a couple of uh, ideas of the original language, the defense of the gospel could be that Paul knows he has a court trial ahead of us, or ahead of him. Remember, he's in Roman imprisonment, and so he was probably going to have to face some Roman uh, trial situation. And later in the book of Acts, we read about times when he stood before governors and kings and so forth. So that wasn't going to be foreign to Paul. So his defense could be kind of geared more here towards a formal defense in like a court of law where he'd have to defend who he was and what he was doing in proclaiming Christ. That's a possibility. Others would say that the word apologia or apologia here would widen out to any defense of the gospel, whether it is Paul. Remember when we read at the end of the book of Acts where he was in two years in, under house arrest, but he had some freedom and people were coming to him. And from morning until evening, he was proclaiming the gospel from the Old Testament, uh, proclaiming that Jesus is the Christ. So that's also a defense of the gospel. So let me just walk this out for a second. Whenever you proclaim Christ, Make a argument for the hope that you have with gentleness and respect, 1 Peter 3.15. When you defend the historic gospel and argue that people should trust in Jesus Christ, in one sense, you're already an apologist. Not that you're apologizing for something. You guys know the definition of apologia is to make a cogent, rational defense for your faith, or as Peter puts it, for the hope that is within you. Amen? With gentleness and respect. Not forgetting that you were lost and you've been found. And so you share as winsomely as you can, but you share with boldness, of course, and confidence in the gospel and in the power of God. And so this is what they shared in. And he says in verse 8, Philippians 1, for God is my witness. It's very rare for Paul to call God as his witness, but He's, he's calling upon God because God is the one who truly knows the inner, quoting another author here, the inner contours of Paul's soul or Paul's heart. Only God really knows what I feel deeply inside. Sometimes I can express it. Oftentimes we'd all maybe say we fall short of expressing how we really feel. Sometimes it's easier for some of us to write it than it is to speak it. 
Sometimes it's easier to pray it than to share it face to face, whatever idiosyncrasies you might have. But Paul basically says, I want you Philippians to know, because maybe on the receiving end, they're kind of like, why does the apostle Paul feel this way about us? Does he really feel that way? And basically what Paul is saying is, I'm calling God as my witness. How I long for you all. Yes, Paul was Southern, y'all. With the affection of Christ Jesus. I love you. As if or as though, and I think this is reality, with Christ's love flowing through me to you. Don't forget who Paul was. Paul was imprisoning Christians when he was Saul. He was bent on destroying the church. He stood there and and threw literally the black stone and said, Stephen should die as Saul. But now as Paul... He goes all over the Roman world trying to win people to the hope of Christ. And he he says, this love of Jesus that has changed me now flows into my life and out to others. This idea of affection here literally means from the deepest recesses of Paul's uh, soul. Literally, the the, uh, Greek word here is from the bowels. (laughs) And what that simply means is as deep as you could describe something kind of metaphorically is where the feelings come from. Deep in the deepest recesses of my soul, we might say, I love you with the love of Christ. That's personal, isn't it? It's beautiful. You've been listening to Discerning What is Best, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 1, 7 through 11. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Just so you know, we have a free apologetic event coming up and we would love it if you would join us. They're called 633 and that's based on Matthew 633. Pastor Michael invites special guests, professionals in their fields, to talk about hard topics that affect the culture. On July 17th, Dr. Craig Hawkins will be doing a talk on the origins of the Enneagram. Learn more when you visit Walk in Truth or download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, maybe you're a listener to this radio broadcast and you feel like a bit of an island. You might say something like this. I haven't really connected with people in the church. Uh, There isn't specifically anything wrong with them. It's just hard for me to find fellowship or connection. Well, I'll tell you that fellowship and connection is definitely a two-way street. And at most churches, they'll provide multiple opportunities to get involved. The question is, are you willing to take a step? Now, you might say, well, I don't know which way to step because I'm not sure what my spiritual gifts are or where I would be most useful. That is a really good question. And a lot of churches will help you with discovering your spiritual gift. Now, if they don't have a class specifically for that, You can even go online. There's some good ministries that have spiritual gifts tests and the like. But I would say that you should ask your pastor uh, where you can get some information about spiritual gifts. Maybe he has a study he can direct you to. Find out what your gifts are and then step into ministries that are specific to those gifts. And if you don't know, one way to find out is try some ministry. See if it fits for you. See if it if other people are affirming that that's where you're gifted. 
it doesn't hurt to step out in faith, step into a couple gaps in the church and see how the Lord uses you. So that would be my encouragement. If we can help you in any way, remember, you can always call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, uh, we've been telling you about a special vacation Bible school happening at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. The church is right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. And this year's vacation Bible school is called Zoomerang. Zoomerang uh, takes you through the marvel of unforgettable wildlife, culture, and the beauty of Australia while exploring the wonder and value of life from the lives of preborn babies, how timely is that, to eternal life in the kingdom of God. Vacation Bible School. Uh, it's happening July 25th through the 29th, all week, 545 in the evening to 845. If you're anywhere near the Inland Empire and you'd like to sign up your child, it's really for 5 to 12-year-olds, Vacation Bible School. Now, you can download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in the App Store. Sign up your child that way, the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app. Or if you'd like more info and to sign up your child, get some help on the phone, it's 844-48-TRUTH. We'll see you right here tomorrow. God bless. And please remember that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 1, 7 through 11, called Discerning What is Best. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.